Hello and welcome to the 26th episode of Inside Music. Can you believe it? We're at 26. That's halfway to a year if we release them once a week, but of course we don't always stick to that. Anyways, I'm your host James Shotwell, and on this week's episode we're speaking with Cody DeLong, the founder and CEO of Soundrink. Now if you have never heard of Soundrink before, there's a good chance you don't work in the music industry. And the reason for that is because Soundrink is a behind-the-scenes company. By that I mean they work to make artists' lives easier without necessarily making themselves a brand that is you know known in everyone's home so you see Soundrink provides vip experiences to better connect artists with their fans while on the road without making artists go through all the red tape that setting up those kind of things usually entail in this episode cody tells us about his experiences starting the company as well as his attempts to separate himself from the growing competition in his marketplace it's an interesting conversation, and in order to have it, we have to talk about a lot of the bands he's worked with, including Fair to Midland, Dance Gavin Dance, Shiotos, Craig Owens of Shiotos, Secondhand Serenade, Ryan Cabrera, and a whole lot more. It's a really interesting episode, and obviously something a little bit different than the musicians we've been having on as of late, but I hope you listen nonetheless especially if you want to work in the music industry, because Cody is an innovator who is not only passionate about music, but also passionate about seeing the industry thrive in the years to come. That's something that is increasingly rare to find amongst young people working in music, and I love being able to highlight it on a show like this. Before we get there, I do want to say that since Soundrink is not a band or a musician themselves, we had to pick music to kind of serve as the soundtrack for the show. This week, that artist is The Spill Canvas, also known as the musical project of Nick Thomas. And the reason I say that is because Nick Thomas is one of the artists currently working with Soundrink. He's going to be appearing in VIP meet and greets across the country this spring through a tour that we discuss in the podcast. I'm not going to tell you what it is right now because I'd like you to listen to the whole show. But if for some reason you've never heard of The Spill Canvas, or especially if you don't own their entire catalog, and I don't mean you have it saved on Spotify or radio, but you actually own physical copies of their records, then you should definitely make it a point to learn more about their work moving forward. Your life probably isn't complete until you've heard All Hail the Heartbreaker at least 30 times. Maybe 35? I'm not sure yet. But yeah, so when you're listening to the show, The Spill Canvas will introduce us, and then we'll get into the conversation. But first... We have to get to the sponsors. So that's all I have for the introduction this week. It's it's a little long. I'm getting a little long with these, but I, there's just so much I want to tell you guys about. I get very excited. Some of these conversations end, and I'm just like, I can't wait to share it with people. So thank you for putting up with my long intro. I'm going to get to the sponsor. We'll get to the spill canvas, and then we'll get to the conversation with Cody. Thank you for listening. Inside Music is only made possible by Holix, the internet's leading digital promotional distribution platform. Whether you're looking to get your music in front of the press, or you want a little help fighting piracy, Holix has the tools you need. For more information on Holix, as well as access to a free 30-day trial, visit www.holix.com. That's www.haulix.com. Okay? Let's get to the show. Yeah, he's a looker. But I really think it's guts that matter most I displayed them for you Strewn out about from coast to coast I am easily make-believe Stress me up in what you want me to be I'll take back what I've been saying
But yeah, man. So, uh, so yeah. Um, thank you for you know reaching out to Austin and being interested in, in talking with us. And and you know, um, I did look at some of your blog posts, and I thought it was really cool uh, that you guys do that. Um, you know, not too many, not too many people do nowadays. It seems like there's you know the very niche type thing. So I'm definitely glad to uh, have you guys' attention for sure. Oh no, man! It's it's no problem. Thank you for the compliments. Austin knows that uh, we have this podcast and that we like to feature you know, like new companies and stuff. And Soundrink is something that I didn't really know of before he kind of brought it to my attention. Like I, I guess I'd known projects you've been a part of, but I didn't know the company that there was a company that was kind of behind it. If that makes sense? Yeah. I know and, exactly. What and you mean. I think once people understand what it is you do, because we haven't said yet, <laughs> they will uh, they'll they'll understand what I mean too. But uh, just I mean, I guess the easiest way for us to begin is just if you give us like the one or two line definition of what Soundrink is. Alright, so Soundrink is a I like to call it uh, an experience company. Uh, we sell and put together packages um, and pre-sales for artists that are going out and touring on the road. Uh, we're a full-service company that deals with everything from fulfillment uh, to the ideas to sourcing the merchandise um, to dealing with venues and the whole nine yards. Uh, we kind of take everything out of the artist's hands and management's hands and kind of go ahead and do it all for them. Um, and, and that's what we do. Uh, we are a community. We built a community of fans that keep coming back to buy more and more from us um and we see continued repeat customers time and time again throughout different genres of music um and as we expand we find that just like anybody else people like all different genres of music so they'll buy tickets for one band and the next thing they'll be buy tickets buying tickets for another you know um so it's definitely uh it's you know a really cool concept that we've that has been around for a while but has started to um has started to grow as uh People started to start stealing music, and Spotify is not paying nearly as much as iTunes is, um, and it's another way for artists to make money, whether it involves meeting the fans or just bundling an exclusive T-shirt or silkscreen poster with a pre-sale ticket. Um, it allows them to at least put an extra few bucks in their pockets prior to the tour, knowing that they're going out and having some extra income beyond their merch and uh, guarantees for tours. I like that. That sums it up well. <laughs> um, I guess my first question for you, obviously, is how, how big is the Soundrink team? Let's start there. Uh, the Soundrink team is about seven people strong. Um, we are consisted of uh, four co-owners of the company. Actually, yeah, four. Um, and then we have three other team members um, that are on staff uh, here we have our manager Verity, we have a, a new um, customer associate Tori, and then we also have a uh, business development um, guru, I guess you could say, uh, associate Nick, uh, who's located in Brooklyn. Um, so we're definitely a growing team. Um, it was just a few of us last year, and we recently just hired more people because we've been so busy. Um, and we just we actually just opened a new office um, in Brooklyn, and then we have our office here in Portland that expanded um, into a larger space recently. Oh wow! So that's so you guys are definitely growing right now, big boom time. 
Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, we've uh, we've done two times every year. We've grown two hundred percent. We've done two times what we did the previous year in the past since we've started the company. Well, that's awesome, man. That's that's really impressive. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's awesome. It's um, it's been a it's been a trip, but we definitely um foresee the company growing at that rate um continually because just, just as things have been progressing and. And different, you know, adding new features and, and all that. We've we've constantly been growing our website. We grew from a standard Shopify website to now a whole custom interface with backends for our clientele and everything and growing upon that every single week. Um, we have a full-time developer that's also a co-founder that works for us full-time. That, that's all he does is basically add new features to the website. We have one of those. I, I know what that's like. Uh, so I guess I want to take it back to the beginning because this is your brainchild and obviously you're passionate about music, but I guess I'm curious where it all begins, when it begins and where it begins. So like where, like how, when does SoundRink begin, like launch? And then how long before that do you first like have this idea? I've had the idea. So we started over three years ago. Um, I was a booking agent at the Kenmore agency. Um, I work for Matt Pike, who books Converge to Man Overboard to Judge, um, American Nightmare, uh, and I work for him. I still book a couple bands with him just on the side just because it's yeah, – I book a couple rappers, actually. Um, but I work for him for – wow, I've been working there. It's been seven years I've been a part of the company. And uh, I first, you know, I first saw the opportunity probably about a year or two into working for him. Um, as I was starting to book some of my own bands beyond being his day-to-day assistant on a lot of these acts, I also was booking my own bands and I saw that the companies out there were just not doing a good job. They were very boring. Um, I booked Iris of the Bear once at the height of their career. Um, and we did one with Artist Arena and it just kind of was like a very boring package to me. It didn't really seem like, it just didn't seem good. They weren't giving me my counts when I needed them. You know, the day of, I was hearing issues with the tour manager, um, and, you know, he was having problems with them, not getting him the list, and with the venue, and I was like, this, why is this like this? This company is massive. Like, what, how are they not doing such a good job? They do Justin Bieber for, for you know what I mean? Um, so I was like, you know what, I really should do something. So I thought of it, I hit some people up about it, and it kind of didn't go anywhere because at that time I kind of was growing my roster. So I even got more busy. I had about 23 bands on my roster. And so then about three years ago, I finally, you know, after losing a band or two, I kind of thought, you know what, I really need to focus on where is this going to go? What's my future in this industry? Because this is just, this is too much for me. Um, And I said, you know what, let's do this VIP ticketing thing. I can go ahead and plug it into what we have um, right now and I can plug it into all these bands. So I reached out to my buddy, uh, Scott Lee, who is a co-founder of the company, and um, I talked to him, and I said, hey, this is my idea. We talked about this last year. I didn't act on it, but I want to act on it. And he said, okay, let's do it. Um, let's, let's do this. I can plug it into the things I have. You know, We can plug it into New England Metal and Hardcore Festival and do the VIP for that. Um, so we ran with it. Our first tour was, uh, Chelsea Grin's very first, like really big headliner as they were starting to grow and and build their hype. Um, and that went extremely well. And then we went on to do, uh, 
I booked Moving Mountains at the time, so we did the Moving Mountains tour and did like a special silkscreen poster for that. Um, and then we did Fair to Midland, another band that I that I booked at the time, and we did a VIP meet and greet for their big headliner for their record release tour. Um, and then we just kind of kept going from there, and it literally just kept growing. It was, you know, getting all these managers on board, and they just kept coming back. Um, and then we really started, you know, I would say about after the first year, we realized, like, wow, we really have something here, and this is, like, starting to grow. Um, and that's when we kind of, you know, all of efforts focused that way. And slowly I started to let go of bands, get dropped from bands, because my focus was on SoundRink, um, and they knew that, which was totally fine. Um, a lot of them was amicable partings, you know, kind of like, hey, we know you're doing SoundRink, we're going to use you, but we need somebody who's fully focused on booking. And I got that, and I was like, no, that's fine. Like, this is my future, and this is where the company's going. So I took the risk, um, and then that's where we're here. Uh, we actually brought on Steve Reddy. Um, he is the owner of Equal Vision Records and of Merch Now, um, and he uh, he helped helped us in a lot of ways. But he uh, he was an investor in the company. Um, he's a minority shareholder, I guess you could say. He just kind of you know helped us, gave us a little boost for um, going ahead and, and putting you know upping our application, going ahead and investing money into the company, and it's worked out really well. Um, it's been super well. No, you know we haven't had any. There's no pressure to use merch now. We don't. We can use whoever the heck we want for merchandise. Um, it's more of like a personal investment on him and on how we've grown the company. And he's. It's been really awesome. We've gotten a lot of great, um, great advice. Um, he's he's an advisor to us, and you know it's. We kind of started this company without having a um, a mentor. I guess you could say. I mean, my personal mentor will always be Matt Pike. Um, he's a great friend and always has the best advice. But when it came to running something on this level with merchandise, we really didn't have anybody like this is like, this is new territory. So for us, it was a huge help because we were, you know, now we have, whenever we have a question or advice for something, you know, when you have a, a guy who runs like a hundred million dollar companies, you know, you can go to somebody like him and really get the advice that you need when it comes from somebody who has the experience and built a com- built companies from the ground up and had to learn HR things. They had to learn about processes. They were in the same boat as we are. We've this is our first real big business, so half the stuff it's it's hard to to know exactly what to do. I mean, you can read all the books in the world, but that doesn't mean you're still going to get it unless you have real world experience. And, and that's really helped us to grow the company even even faster than I think we even imagined. Um, so that's been a, a huge asset and huge help to us. It sounds like it's, I mean, when I first heard the concept, I was like, that's a good concept. The more, and as you just talked about, it becomes very clear that like, there's a lot more in and outs than someone might just expect from like the basic idea of what you do. There's a lot, a lot of little moving parts that you have to like keep oh, track there of. Is. Totally <laughs> is. There's a lot. There's, there's more than I think more people realize. There's more than bands realize. I mean, you see bands that go and do this themselves, and more power to them if that's what they want to do. That's totally cool. You know, I, we've had bands that use us, have a great experience, and they go, you know, we could do that ourselves. But then they always come back because they realize how many moving parts there are. You know, there's customer service. Um, there's a huge aspect of it. People wanting to change name. People wanting a refund. 
people, you know, if they, we, you know, are, we have a very strict policy of no refunds unless a concert's canceled, um, just like any other ticketing company, um, you know, but there's definitely, there's a lot. There's merchandise, organizing the merchandise, ordering it. I mean, we have a live chat on our website that's, that's manned during our business hours. We have our phone line, you know, we're dealing with venues, paying out venues, um, when it comes to downloads, you know, like I said, luckily enough, when it comes to like digital downloads and albums and stuff, we can rely on, Mer- you know, we can rely on our partners over at Merch Now who fulfill all that for us. So we don't even, that like saves us a ton of time where other companies, they all have to do it themselves. So for us, we've kind of been able to streamline some of those things that other companies all have their own in-house staff doing. So it's definitely cut down on our own, um, our own costs, but there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts, and I could go on and on about every single one. But you know, it is definitely more than I think people just realize. It's not just selling a ticket. It's not just selling a VIP package. Um, there's a lot of overhead and a lot of um, staffing that goes behind the company. Um, you know, and that's kind of as we've grown, we've brought in more staff because at one time there was only a couple of us handling it, you know, and then now it's like, okay, now it's spread out amongst everything. But I mean, if you could imagine me responding to 500 emails a day, plus being on chat, plus having a phone next to me from nine to eight o'clock at night every day. So the woes of a startup. Exactly. Exactly. And we're starting and, and that's, and that, and that was, you know, that's all well and good. Loved it, but now we can start to expand beyond that and really focus our attention on. It's allowed us to grow the business more because we can focus on growing the business. So yeah, I follow. I I guess maybe it'd be easy for people if we kind of walk through like one because okay, like right now you guys have the radio revival tour, Ryan Cabrera secondhand serenade. That's that's one of the tours that you're working right now. Yes. So in terms of like organizing it, now this one seems like a little bit more complicated because there's like two different levels plus there's the ultimate run there's at least three levels of like vip upgrades here so like can you like walk us through the process of like how you put something like this together so to put something together basically we reach out to the artists and we ask them you know what they're what they what they want to see from a package what they're willing to do you know what they think would be what they think their fans would react to Uh, and then we kind of brainstorm over here with different ideas of items what's going to be, you know, the most cost efficient, what are their fans going to want to buy? Um, what, what's their target demographic going to purchase? Um, and then we kind of put together a proposal for the artists. Um, and then they come back at us and let us know, okay, you know, here, this is what we want to do. We like this. We don't like this. Uh, we put together mocks of the items for them to approve. Um, and once those are approved, then we go ahead and we have to reach out to all the venues on the tour um, we have to get all of the uh, ticket stock allotted um, to us, and then we also have to go ahead and basically we input everything into our system, uh, and we plan launching with the with the artist from graphics, everything. We have to, you know, we coordinate with them, and we do all of that, um, and then basically we, you know, we come up with a game plan, we launch the tour. Um, And then meanwhile, while it's launched, we have to go ahead and we also, you know, we have to look at four weeks before the tour starts, we have to start ordering merchandise. So we have to start looking at our various um, people that we order from, what our pricing is going to be, you know, can we get better pricing than what was estimated? Um, 
and we have to coordinate all of that. We have to coordinate the shipping of it to the first venue, which is a lot trickier than people, <laughs> I think, realize. Um, you know, definitely trying to coordinate times, uh, especially when you have about seven different pieces of merch or six different pieces of merch, and it's all going ahead and coordinating with um, when it's going to get shipped, how many is going to get shipped, you know, where it's going to get shipped. Um, and, you know, like I said, we don't use one merchandise company. We try to get the best prices no matter where we go. So, you know, we might be using, you know, we might be using merch now for one thing, and then we could go over to AKT and go use AKT for something because they're cheaper for whatever it is, um, you know. And, and so we kind of coordinate all of that together, uh, get that out to the artist. And then as the tour draws closer, we have to start to close out each date Oh, and then meanwhile, we're sending ticket counts to promoters each week, sending, getting together the ticket counts for managers as well, um, and the sales numbers. And then as we start to close out each date, we have to get the list to, uh, to the promoter, pay them out. Then we also have to get the list to our tour manager. Then we also have to email each fan, letting them know what time to be there and the instructions on, on how it all go, like where to meet, if there's going to be a sign, where they should you know, meet at the box office, um, all, of, all of that. And then most people, there's probably about five people per meet and greet that have questions, so then we're also facilitating that with customer service um, and answering any questions. Maybe somebody didn't realize they put the wrong name as a will call name, so they need to change that. So we're updating that with everybody, um, updating that with the venue because we already previously had sent them the list. Um, and then day of is a lot of the band's tour manager coordinating, you know, bringing people on the side of the stage, making sure everybody's getting the right things. Um, and then afterwards uh, is, you know, dealing with settling with the band, profit, all of that, all of the fun stuff at the end where, where everybody can see, you know, what the band, what the artist profited and, and what they were able to accomplish with it. Um, so. Now it seems like, like for a band to take this on, it seems pretty like self-explanatory where it's like, okay, well, will, I mean, have you found a lot of resistance when you've approached like artists have a lot of people turned you down or are most people open to this concept? Because it seems pretty much like once people, once everything is approved, it's kind of like the artist can be a little more hands off with like all of the other back end stuff. Yeah, a lot. We, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of people that that go ahead and say resist. There's a lot of artists that already have this in place as well, and and it's a matter of you know we're competing in a world where there's um, ground control um, or now called wonderful union. Uh, there's crowd surge. Um, there's ticket spin. There is show stubs. There's definitely a good chunk of them out there. Um, there's a few of them, you know, that were there when we started, and there's a few of them that started because we've been doing so well that I kind of, that are within our realm of people that we're colleagues with There's over the years that have been like, Oh, I could do this. Um, you know, but I think that it's not really, there's not really too much resistance because a lot of bands don't want to be dealing with this. Um, you know, it's the infrastructure of, okay, I could go set up a PayPal thing, but then I have to get all my lists together. Then you have, they have to deal with, sorting things with the venue. I mean, that's just one more thing for these artists to have to deal with or management to have to deal with where they don't want to be dealing. You know what I mean? That's, that's six more items or five more items of merch that they have to worry about ordering for the merch company when they're trying to make sure that they have a merch, enough merch just to sell. Um, never mind going, okay, I need to estimate that, you know, we've sold 500 packages so far. We're probably going to sell, we need to estimate what's the rate of, 
of sale. Um, I mean, that's things that we do. You know, we look at the rate of sale, past sales or prior to ours, how many sold between those dates. We have to estimate with, you know, we kind of have our own internal algorithm of, okay, how many, now if we estimate we're going to sell 750 total and we're at 500 now, how many of those are going to be medium, smalls, larges, so you don't have extra stock and you don't overbuy and you're not kind of like, well, I have 50 t-shirts that I didn't need or, you know, I have 50 larges and I really need 25 smalls and 25 mediums. I mean, that's, that's other things that we do too. So, and those are things that, you know, bands and managers, they need to focus on, on the tour, on touring, on, on press, on, you know, selling merchandise, being the band, you know, being the face of the band, being, being out there with their fans. And and they need to focus on, on doing that. They, we kind of take that out of their hands so that they can focus on the things that they know they're good at and that they can do. And then we can go in and make them extra money at the same time at honestly a very minimal expense to them. Um, a very, very minimal expense to them. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it's curious about how, uh, obviously you guys are generating money. Is it, has it been difficult to do, I guess I don't really understand how you set aside tickets because I know you guys, you can buy tickets straight through SoundRink, so there's no need to like link to Live Nation or Ticketmaster or anything like that. Now, is is that a difficult process to set up, like getting your own ticketing platform and not having to redirect somewhere else? And like, because that seems to be like what a lot of bands with VIP packages do, where they just kind of run it through like a Ticketmaster and then you automatically get redirected there by the time you're at the end of like your purchase. Yeah, um, we, uh, you have to deal with the promoters each promoter gives us an allotment of eight to ten percent of their capacity for VIP fan club presales. Okay. Um, and so it's just a matter of contacting them, but it's also organizing them and, and hounding them when they don't respond. I mean, that that's the other aspect of it is, you know, your your agent's not going to do that. You know, he doesn't get paid for VIPs. You know, I mean, he's it's a matter of getting with those people. Um, and so we're able to do that. And there are other companies out there. There's companies like future beat, um, that do that, um, that go directly to Ticketmaster, And basically they're just kind of like the intermediary, I feel like, and they just kind of like order the merch. And sometimes, you know, depending on how big the artist is, they'll put somebody out on the tour for you. But really that's kind of, I mean, there's no promotion behind it. Um, it's kind of all done through Ticketmaster, and you can do that. And we've definitely done tours like that before. Um, but you know, most people do it because of because it's very because Ticketmaster is very strict with a lot of their larger tours. Um, especially, you know, it's it's much easier to do it with a um, you know if you're going out with Frey and there's seated tour and it's all seated and there's not general admission. You know, it's definitely easier that way because you can put it all on their system and, and, you know, we can go ahead and make sure that a seat gets allotted to a VIP instead of us basically randomly choosing seats that they give us. Um, and, that, and, and that works, and we've done that before, and it's worked out really well. It's just depending, you know, a lot of bands, they, they're like, okay, well, we still want to give people a lower fee because then you're looking at a Ticketmaster fee of like 15 bucks. you know what I mean, on a $100 package where our fee is considerably lower. Um, you know, so that's the other aspect of, of why artists come to us. Um, you know, we've done, we did something similar like that with Bone Thugs and Harmony. We recently, you know, we put some up on Live Nation and they sold well and they did great and it was perfect. Um, and we also sold some on our own site. 
Um, but you know, we also tend to try to keep things in house because it's just, we like to keep our fees lower. I mean, we're, we're here for the bands just as much as we're here to offer some great experiences at lower fees for the fans as well. And that's kind of how we built like a great community of, of people that come back and buy from us constantly that literally browse our site just to see what new tours we have going out. So. Yeah. I found that that's really interesting that you guys have been able to kind of cultivate a community of people that are like just interested in like access, VIP access. Like you said, like they're kind of non genre music fans that are just like, who do, who they were, who can I get close to now? Or for lack of a better term. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I know. I noticed that you've done, now you mentioned Bone Thugs and Harmony, which obviously iconic urban group, but because of your background, obviously you got, you've done a lot of work with rock bands so far. So I'm curious, like how has it been trying to move into other genres of music? Um, it's been interesting. Um, it's definitely been, I want to say a struggle. It's definitely something that we have, uh, we've been able to do, um, you know, we've done everybody, you know, we've done Danity Kane, we did Bone Thugs and Harmony, we've done Action Item, um, you know, we just launched actually yesterday, which has been extremely successful, is uh, YouTube star uh, Taylor Kniff, which has done really well, um, and we're starting to really branch out. Um, part of that was bringing in somebody for business development who's strictly out there just grinding. Um, you know, we can do only so much. I mean, I can do everything in the world and we get a ton of tours, you know, I mean, like we've definitely had our own in-house doing it, just the founders getting tours and it's worked well, but we were really focusing on growing beyond just the rock genre um, right now. So um, it hasn't been, I want to say it's been hard. I think it's just getting people to take us seriously as beyond that genre, beyond rock, because we are a multifaceted, like we are software that we built, can be used for anybody. It's not just metal. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like we built the site based on metal. The site's not, it's not like we're called, you know, meet and scream or something like that is, you know what I mean? Like we're sound rank, anything with sound. The site is, is definitely looks like anybody could be on it. Our back end system work for anybody. And I think it's just a matter of getting in front of people and them realizing that and starting to really build those tours. Um, which has been great. I mean, you know, we've started to really branch out. Um, as far as that goes, uh, we have pre-sales running for, um, you know, we just did brand new uh, with our partner, Ducky King, who we uh, we power all of their stuff. Um, so, you know, with that partnership that we've been growing with them, we've done anybody from brand new to the Get Up Kids to um, Andy Hull and Dustin from Thrice, um, you know, and that's really helped us kind of like grow out of that metal niche. Um, and then we've also gone ahead and have really started to just focus on anything and everything, um, and kind of, you know, have people take us seriously because I think once we start to get more of those tours up, people are going to like, okay, they're not just a metal company or they're not just a rock company. Like they're doing indie, they're doing alternative. Um, and I think it's just, getting people to physically see that when they go to our website. Um, and it, it started to work, you know, there's a lot of people that have given us chances and we've done really well. Um, I mean, we've done, you know, tons of different tours. We even did, uh, the co-headline between hockey and the hush sound a couple of years ago. Um, and that went over extremely well. Um, we've done the downtown fiction. Uh, we did the outsiders tour, which was Metro station and the ready set co-headline in the fall. That was extremely successful. Um, and that's, you know, getting into those genres of music, um, and just continuing to really hit those as hard as we possibly can. 
Definitely. So let's let's look into the future because we're only a few months into 2015. You guys have a lot of tours going right now, but like, what are like, let's say your top three goals for Sound Rink this year? Like, what do you hope to accomplish? I mean, our top three goals, honestly, um, is to double our revenue again, um, like we have been doing consistently. Uh, my other goal is to branch out into these other genres and have those become just as successful as our rock, um, as like kind of like our hard rock uh, sector has been and really have like an equal amount of tours um, in both genres of music. And, and, you know, I would say 50% hard rock, 50% plus of, of just different genres in general. Um, and then another goal of ours, which is coming to fruition, is we're actually going to be releasing a uh, application here um, in the second quarter uh, that will allow fans to download it and see, you know, the tours that we have go on sale and when they're going to go on sale and get push notifications of local shows to them and all that good stuff. So that's another um, that's another key point that that we're diving into is offering that. Um, and it's going to be really neat because people are going to be able to view all their orders on there. They no longer have to print their order confirmations out. They can just do it all on this application. Um, and that's being built currently. It's about, you know, it'll, I would say probably mid-April it'll be launched. So. Oh, wow, that's that's really close. Yeah, yeah. I actually was playing with it the other day. It was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was really, really happy with how it's turning out. It's been a, it's been a good six months in progress, and we're finally hitting – you know, from design to, you know, we designed it first and then hired an application company to build it from the ground up. Um, so it'll, and it'll work hand in hand with our website. So it'll be, uh, it's going to be really awesome. And, you know, we definitely see uh, a huge market when it comes to that with our people that buy from us wanting to have, you know, wanting to have their orders with them, wanting to have their confirmation email, you know, um, they don't have a printer, stuff like that. That's going to really help with that as well, as well. I can imagine. I, I can definitely imagine. Now, I do want to say I, I'm headed to Texas in exactly seven days, and I see that you guys are coming down to Austin as well. This will be out by South by Southwest. So, can we talk about that for a second? Yeah, yeah. We're um we're doing our uh our South by Southwest showcase, uh, and it features the radio revival tour that we have um that we have going out, um, and then also features a few friends of ours uh and Bad Veins. Megan Wright, um, Maddie Carter, and Ariel, um, and uh, and a few others that we asked to play for us. Uh, it's fully our showcase. Uh, we actually we didn't get any sponsors for it, um, which is fine. Uh, it's actually pretty cool that way because it's literally Soundrank presents nobody else um, in it, and um, and you know we have it on the Wednesday. Uh, during the day. Uh, so if anybody wants to come out, it's completely free, all ages open to the public. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we, we chose the Wednesday because there's not a huge amount going on and there's not a ton of, not a ton of conflict, not a ton of competition. So it'll be good for something for people who are coming in Wednesday that can go right to, or if they come in Tuesday, they can, they can check it out. We're really excited. We have, you know, Ryan Cabrera and secondhand serenade co-headlining on it. Um, and that's going to be a huge, you know, that's, that's pretty big for us. There are two really big artists to be headlining um, in such a, you know, it's a very small venue. I think it's like three or 400 capacity um, at the Annex, um, or it's the Des Moines Embassy, um, which is on the corner of East Red River and 6th uh, Street. So, uh, yeah, definitely would love to have people come out. We'll, um, 
we'll have a bunch of staff out. Nick, who's our head of business development, will be there. So if anybody has any questions or just want to come say hi, that would be that would be amazing. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm excited. It's you're right. Like Wednesday is a good day to have it because as I've been making my schedule this week, my Friday is like triple booked all day long. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, I mean that's the thing. It's like I'd much rather we'd much rather have it where people aren't conflicted of where they're going, you know. I mean Wednesday definitely is one of those days where there's stuff going on, but it's not like it's not a huge huge amount. There's enough, but there's not too much, you know. So Have you guys done the showcase in the past or is this your first? This is our first year. We sponsored a bunch last year, and this is our first year doing our own showcase. Well, that's awesome. I like that you don't have any sponsors because it can get ridiculous where it's like one company gets the venue, and then you end up having like six more brands that kind of try to hop on. Totally. And, and that's kind of, you know, it is how it worked out. And then after a certain point, we kind of like whatever. You know what I mean? Like we don't need all these brands passing out stuff. Like we'll just do our own thing. It'll be sound rank and and it is what it is, and that's you know, and that's fine with us. We, you know, we went into it anyways, not expecting any sponsor money or anything. So this is all us putting it on, and and kind of you know, first off, it's open to the public, so it's kind of giving back to the fans for a free concert that are in the Austin, Texas area, which has definitely been a really key market for our VIPs. We see a lot of kids buying from Texas in general, so that's kind of like a really cool thing for us to do uh, to give back to a market that's definitely given a lot to us and a lot of um, support. Um, and at the same time, it's, you know, it's, it's us, it's just us, you know what I mean? Which is, I think is really cool is it's a sound ring showcase. It's not, you know, sound ring plus Jukli plus whoever <laughs> brings this, you know what I mean? Um, so it's cool. So you're not going to be bombarded with multiple people from multiple companies trying to get your business or whatever. You're just going to get bombarded by us trying to get you to use us for VIPs. So <laughs> Yeah, no, that works out well. Uh, well, I don't really have any more questions. This has been fun. Like, I, I am very interested in the area of the music industry you guys are in because you're right. Like, it's it's getting a lot of uh, I don't know. It's like it's getting to be a more crowded space, and your name is one that I see come up more and more. So, I don't know exactly what it is that you're doing that is making you stand out from the competition. But I think you should keep doing it. <laughs> you seem you seem to really be a lot like zone. Like Soundrick is a name that I hear a lot, so I was excited to kind of talk about this area of the music business because it's a weird niche to me, and not like weird and like strange or whatever. But it's one that a lot of people might not necessarily think of exists. You know, you know? Totally, totally, exactly. And I think it's something that you're going to see more prominent in the next few years, um, even beyond what it is. You know, I mean, we kind of. I, I think the main thing is we just do a really great job. We offer some, you know, we offer low fees. We don't take as much from bands as other as other companies do, um, percentage-wise. And at the same time, we, you know, we've been we've been in this. We're real people. Um, we all work in the music industry. You know, we're not just some tech. I mean, not to not to go, oh, yeah, you're a tech guy, you don't know anything about music, but I, like Scott, for instance, has been a manager for many, many years. He's a creator and founder of New England Metal and Hardcore Festival. I worked at the Kenmore Agency for seven years. Before that, I was booking stuff myself, plus I was a local promoter doing a ton of shows in, in Maine and New Hampshire um, for a lot of these agents that we work with, too. So we've definitely been doing this for a while. So we're not just, you know, we're not just a company that came out of the blue doing things like we've been at this in different realms of the music industry for years. So we definitely have a good understanding from all aspects from a management aspect and from a touring aspect on how these things work and the best way to do them. Whereas I feel 
you know, other companies are very much so, you have people right out of college, never worked in the music industry and have a music industry degree. And honestly, you don't need a music industry degree to work in the music industry. You need experience. And, and I don't have a music industry degree, you know. So, I mean, that is, that's the way I look at it. We're not just, we're not the suits, you know what I mean? That's, I guess that's the way you could say it. We're not the suits. We're the dudes wearing flannels in the back of the show that will talk to you real about real things rather than just about business you know so i'm excited to see what happens i mean i think you guys you're in an interesting field where you're right there's a lot of growth and there's a lot of things changing and there's going to be more attention put on it more and more i think the south by thing is a good move for you guys because having your own event does kind of like a stat allow you to establish yourselves in a different way as opposed to like being attached to an event that has a bunch of other people on it Definitely, no, definitely, and that's that's kind of you know what we're really happy about. But, but yeah, no, thank you so much, and, and definitely, um, you know, I hope you uh, you show up at the South by Southwest showcase. Oh, dude, I will definitely be there. I am all about uh, Nick Thomas from the Spill Canvas is on that tour, and I am like the world's largest Spill Canvas fan, so that's gonna happen. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I uh, I've been yeah. That was kind of my out of all the acts on that tour. That was like my my whole like yes, I love the Spill Canvas. So I was, uh, I was very, my giddy, my giddy 17 year old self inside me was really happy about that. So, yeah, it's, it's weird. Uh, their album, One Fell Swoop turns like a decade old this year. And it just makes me feel ancient. I know I do. <laughs> I feel really old. I'm 26. And after that, I was like, I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I already saw that. I was like, this is insane how old this record is. <laughs> uh, you know, it's kind of crazy how, uh, how time flies by it's like oh my gosh or you know like the early november stuff again that's like a band that we're going to be doing some um we're actually well this will be out so we can say it but we're launching vips for tomorrow um and pre-sale for the early november tomorrow um for their tour and that's another band that i grew up listening to when i was like 13 when i first listened to them to, so for me that's kind of like a nostalgia tour is like oh my god you know, like, yeah. this is awesome. So that's the other aspect of it is, you know, we're doing VIPs and pre-sales even for bands that I grew up listening to um, that, you know, definitely helped shape my musical tastes and why I got into the music industry. So um, it's been really cool to have that come full circle and work directly with these bands and, and kind of, you know, become friends and acquaintances and, and work with them when I was listening to them when I was like a teenager, you know, so it's really cool. And it's been a, it's definitely been a ride in itself. So, well, I wish you the best of luck, man. And I will definitely see you next week in Texas, but yeah, this is, this has been a fun episode. And I think we've, we've had a lot of musicians on recently and those are always fun, but I like doing this because it highlights something that is truly interesting and people might not know about it. So thank you for coming on and like sharing all of your knowledge with us. Oh, for sure, man. Thank you for having me.